We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good morning, everyone. Today is Thursday, February 8th, 2024, and I am Cindy Shera, Scott from Programming with Grace's dad. Um, I'm his wife, and I'm also the mother of our amazing Grace. Um, Scott would often open up the show with um, something about Grace, and today it's my turn to do that. And one thing that came to mind this week was something pretty special. If you can see in the back of my uh, background there, there's a picture of a red car and Grace and I are, are driving it. And uh, my story has to do with that. And um, Nan's going to uh, bring up another photo in a few minutes of, of my little special girl, Grace, and her red car. There's a story behind the, her getting the red car. And um, luckily, um, she got to enjoy having her red car. She wanted always a red car with white stripes, but she got her, her red convertible for a little while before we lost her um, to the hospital protocols. But my story has to do with one day when Grace and I were heading to a theater program. And as always, we were running behind. And so it was a little bit of a lead foot on the gas. And we ended up getting stopped by a lady police officer. And when she came to the window, you know, Grace is just, mom, it'll be okay. And uh, I was a little nervous thinking, okay, we're gonna probably get a ticket. Well, she took down the information, then she went back to the car and uh, she came back quite quickly, but I still thought I was gonna either get a warning or a ticket, but she came to the window and she just said she was um, going to give us a verbal warning because Grace luckily had explained to her why we were speeding was because we were trying to get to this theater production and um, we were running late. And so Grace having her, her loving heart just kind of touched the, the heart of this police officer. And so we ended up just getting warning. But before she let us go, my little special Grace had to interject something, which was pretty neat. She said, you know, ma'am, she said, you really don't have to worry about my mom speeding because it's not my mom who speeds a lot, but it's my dad. <laughs> and so if, <laughs> so if you see my dad, you might want to stop him and, and give him a ticket. And um, it was just so cute. It was just out of, out of her special heart where she was sharing um, about her dad being the lead foot, not her mom, um, <laughs> which was really cute. And so she, you know, proceeded to save us from getting the ticket that day. But yet at the same time, she sent the police officer's eyes out for Scott. And we have our, um, our car is marked with our, our business. And so here, you know, we, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, now they're going to keep an eye out for, for our uh, pond people um, cars. And if they see dad driving, he just might get a ticket. So it was kind of a special moment with Grace being able to bring some fun into the moment of possibly getting a ticket, but I luckily didn't get one, but yet put the eyes out there for dad. So it was just her, her sweet way of, of, um, shining light on a, a terrible situation at that moment, or at least for me, it felt terrible because my heart was ready to jump out of my chest. And so Don, if you will pick up, bring up the picture of Grace in front of her red car, this is, this is her sweet um, self. And she would always dress up with a lot of bling. And as you can see, she had her red shoes, her red leggings and her special dress, which actually matched one of her American girl dolls. And, um, and that was the day that we actually got to pick up her car. And uh, on a website, we have some video of Grace actually driving, driving her car. It was a perfect fit for her. She didn't have to have any 
pillow behind her, her feet touched the pedals and uh, she could see over the steering wheel and it was just so, so special. And so that's uh, my special take on, on something about grace for today's show. So, but anyway, I just wanted to make sure we, we'd had a, a little special moment for, for our special girl grace. Cause this, this show is, is all um, come about because of, of grace and what happened to her and how we've been woken up after losing, losing our special girl grace and also our son, Travis. So anyway, to start the show today, I want to, like I said, I want to, I want to welcome you and um, let you know that we are so lucky to um, be um, having my guest host alongside of me today again with um, Rebecca Charles. And she actually had lost a daughter um, too, just like I had lost Grace. And we are together standing as mothers for justice. And so our stories that we are carrying on Deprogram with Grace's dad are actually ones that we want to have people have their eyes open to. So last week, our, our show was all about um, cancer um, treatments, alternative cancer treatments and helping to save lives there. But today our, our show is, is another extra special one that we're gonna be um, telling you about in a little bit. But like I said, my sidekick here, uh, my guest host or my host um, alongside of me is Rebecca. And her daughter, Danielle, had succumbed to um, the hospital protocols just at the age of 28. And we both mourn um, our, our, our losses, our, our daughters died tragically at the hands of hospital um, protocol and nurses and doctors that were willing to um, carry out such horrific actions. So we call what happened in the hospitals, the American Hospital Holocaust. And we know that our daughter's um, lives were really cut short um, way, way before the time. Grace was 19 and Danielle was 28. And um, it just really, um, it takes your breath away when you think about how their lives were cut so, so short. The um, girls both lost their lives in October of 2021. And um, so the last two years has been a whirlwind. And so we have things that we are out there exposing through our website, Our Amazing Grace. But Rebecca has also um, started a website and her website is called deathbyhospitalprotocol.com. And her um, website is pretty special um, because her mission here, um, we're going to show you there's flyers that Danielle has. So Don, will you bring up the flyers? So these two flyers are um, posted on, on Rebecca's website and you can go to her website, um, Death by Hospital Protocol, and fill out your own flyers, flyers and have those on her website. But she's even going further than that. So as you see, these flyers of the girls um, are, are pretty detailed. And you can, um, like I said, fill out your own with your, your um, loved one's information. And, but then her website is actually, you know, not only to bring awareness to the, the loved ones who have died, but she also has a mission, <clears throat> excuse me, um, to expose these doctors and nurses. And the doctors and nurses need to be called out. They need to be known, um, you know, with what they did. You know, people that walk into these hospitals are trusting these doctors and nurses. And really what's happening is, and it's not just um, that it happened two years ago. This is still happening today. The hospitals are still being incentivized. Their doctors and nurses are being incentivized to still pull off um, these actions of, of taking their loved ones out. And... Um, we just really need to expose them. And so what's happening is on Rebecca's website, she is um, exposing 
not only the loved ones um, pictures, but then she wants to get the doctors <clears throat> and nurses pictures up. And so she is, she's like Simon Wiesenthal and what he did after World War II with the Holocaust. And so once you go to her website, if you still have questions, you can um, email Rebecca and her information will be in the show notes after the show as well. And Rebecca's gonna add just a little bit more here. Thank you, Cindy, for the introduction and good morning. Um, I had watched Simon Wiesenthal movie many, many years ago and after the death of Danielle and I had to find a way to get justice since we have no justice for the death of our loved ones. Um, I decided to start the website and become the nurses and doctors worst nightmare. I have a list of hospitals, doctors pictures, their names, and next thing I'm doing is the licensing numbers that will be on the website. So in the future, when people try to Google them, they will find out that they are associated with the murders of our loved ones. And they are being, our loved ones are being held as a bounty by the hospital. And we need to expose this, as Cindy said. So my mission right now for death by hospital protocol is to let the world see the faces and the names of the white coat assassins, that's what I call them. So. Thank you. Good job. So today's show is entitled Oklahoma Making Strides for Justice. We are honored to welcome Peggy Hockett, Alan and Taylor Martin to, uh, to be our guests. They are shedding a light on the harsh realities that unfold within the confines of the hospitals and the medical offices even today. Their stories deeply resonate with Cindy and I because we share the same tragedy that they have experienced. Dawn, please bring in our guests. Welcome. Welcome, Peggy. Welcome, uh, Taylor and, and Alan. All right, thank Good you. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome. Dawn, please, please show the pictures of Peggy's husband, Raymond, and her fiance, Glenn. Peggy endured the heartbreaking loss of her husband in 2021 due to the hospital protocol. Amidst her grief, she found solace in a deep connection with another widow at church. Sadly, their plans to marry were shattered within, within just months of Glenn passing, and he was another victim. This time, he was a victim to the vaccine complications, adding tragedy to Peggy's story. Peggy has two stories to tell. Don, will you bring up um, the collage of Trista? Our next guest on today's show is Alan and Taylor Martin, and they tragically lost their beautiful 18-year-old daughter, Trista, within 24 hours of just getting her vaccination. We know as our girls um, had, their whole life was ahead of them, and her life was ahead of her. And there were so many dreams and wishes for, for her to be fulfilled. And, and her parents had wonderful dreams and things for her um, as well. And so as we look at how these are another set of parents who are grieving this devastating loss, um, they, we know they, they refuse to say, stay silent. And so today um, we want to hear their story. And one of the things I wanted to share is um, how their story is being exposed in a documentary called Shot Dead. And so to start our show, we want to just show that clip. Um, so Don, will you play that clip for us? 
number number 57 on her bucket list was to attend a lantern festival a floating lantern festival so we're making her her very own her floating lantern festival yeah and we hope we get enough people to show up we have a couple hundred of these things and we're gonna we're gonna try to release them uh, roughly at the same time i yeah. think and um and and hopefully everything goes well but we just know that she'd love it yeah everyone's gonna write um a message to her on their on their lantern and we'll send those up up to her <laughs> tonight is um is about a celebration for for trista um Missing her, loving her, um, but at the same time, we want to fight what killed her. We need to bring attention to what did this. Stop it from taking anyone else's child. We don't want anybody else to go through this. And Trista would, uh, would be hella mad at us. She'd be really mad at us if we didn't try and save other children. Because she also wanted to do is help kids, so she would not want us to be quiet. No. I am so sorry. This is really hard to even talk after seeing that. <laughs> I, I, I try to pull it together. I'm really sorry. Your stories remind us of the profound impact of these medical tragedies. I want to commend Peggy, and I want to commend Ellen and Taylor for your bravery, for sharing your experiences, for stepping up in the fight for justice, and for raising awareness to prevent such heartbreak in the future. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Yes, thank you. And, and your hearts are broken, just like Rebecca's and mine as a parent. And and then Peggy, you know, she has the, the detrimental loss from losing two wonderful men that were in her life. So now this the show we had quite a bit longer introduction for our guests, but we felt it was so much more important to have you get a glimpse of who it was that they lost. Because if you don't picture in your mind who it was that was taken from, you really can't relate um, as as profoundly as um, we know these losses are. We, we want everyone to see what what was taken from us. And so our introduction was was just a little bit, like I said, longer. You both um, have beautiful stories, not beautiful stories, but wonderful stories that we need to have told. And so um, we want, want to hear those stories. And um, Alan, you're a little bit outnumbered because of all our women here. And so we're going to let Peggy go first here, and then we're going to have you and, and Taylor share your story. And so, um, Peggy, as uh, I mentioned, you had two losses in your life. Um, one was your wonderful husband, Raymond, and then um, you also had a second man that came into your life who was also a widow, and then tragically he was taken from you through um, through the... Um, poison poke, as I call it, because I don't want to call it a vaccine. And so we want you to share both of those stories um, with us. So I'm going to give you the mic, Peggy, and go ahead. Well, thank you, ladies, for having me on. 
And now that you've made me cry, <laughs> let's see if I can carry on. I am here to talk about my husband, Raymond. Um, he married me with three little kids, preteens, that had had an abusive father, and they wasn't ready for a new father. So they weren't always the nicest when they met Raymond. They did not want a dad. Well, Raymond was such a beautiful, loving man. He had never been married before, had no children of his own. And he kept telling me, Peggy, they will learn to love me. And they did. Um, we used to have a, a going joke when him and I would argue. He'd say, Peggy, you know, if, if we get a divorce, I'm taking those kids with me. <laughs> and I said, Raymond, you know, if we do, I'm packing all y'all's bags. <laughs> so after our children were grown and we had grandchildren there's no blood relation but they will tell you they look like Raymond because they loved him so much it's amazing and how God does that children got grown he took in foster kids his nephew lost some children because the mom and dad drank so they asked us if we could take these children in for just a day or two. I had just had a real bad surgery and they had told Raymond I was not going to come home from the hospital. I was going to die. So as soon as I came home within three days, they said, can you watch these children for just a day or two, maybe a week at the most? Four years later, <laughs> we still had these children. Um, and then when they moved on and got adopted and grew up, Raymond took in the severe and profound children, the ones that nobody else wanted, the ones that had been in mental institutions for five years or more. They were in wheelchairs. They were in diapers. Raymond loved them all. We took them camping and fishing, and every one of them went on a vacation of their choice. Some oh, went to Massachusetts, well watching. Three of them went on uh, seven-day cruises with us. Mm. Uh, Raymond just had a big heart. We That's live on a wood-in dirt road, and people throw out cats and dogs. Well, every cat that got thrown out, Raymond said, look, they chose me. I have to keep them. <laughs> they did not choose us. Somebody threw them out. But guess who still has all those cats and dogs? You. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after Raymond died, I had been going to this church for 19 years. And there was this big, beautiful man, Glenn. He was a widower for five years. And he had been praying for the last three years for a wife. Well, he had blood clots on his feet. From the vaccine, he had not been able to walk for 18 months. And so I went over and I said, look, I have a knee walker. I had broken my ankle in two places years before, and you're welcome to have it. But I don't have a truck, so you'll have to come pick it up. He come picked it up, and we started just working together at church. We were greeters. And if somebody was sick, we would get together and we'd go bring them supper. We brought them wheelchairs, uh, any kind of medical equipment that we had. So we just enjoyed each other's company. 
And um, in about six months in, he said, Peggy, will you marry me? Wow. And I was so excited because he was a big, beautiful Christian man with a big heart. What wow. more could you ask for? But because he was vaccine injured and kept having these blood clots right up till the day he passed. Um, on my birthday, the church had given us a wedding shower. Five days later on Mother's Day, he had went to church and he said, Peggy, can I bring roses to every widow there? Aww. So we did. We brought roses to every widow. And then we went out to have supper together. And that night he called me and he said, sweetheart, I just don't feel good. I said, I think you're having a heart attack from what he had told me. Okay. So I said, call your neighbor because it's a 30 minute drive from my house. His neighbor was there in three minutes. He did CPR, but he had a widow make a heart attack and he was gone in three minutes. Oh my God. So I have a bone to pick with the COVID cartel yes, because of the COVID hospital protocols and the vaccine injured. It just could, needs to quit. Yeah. Peggy, could you tell us what happened to Raymond in the hospital? I'm so sorry. Oh, yes. I was never allowed to visit Raymond. Uh, nobody is. Raymond went in throwing up with diarrhea. And we thought when he got to the ER, they'd give him some steroids, antibiotics, something to make him a little more comfortable. Instead, they uh, put him in the hospital because, you know, they get paid extra if they admit mm -hmm. you. Yes. They get paid extra if there's a COVID uh, test. Mm -hmm. They get paid extra if they're given remdesivir. They get paid extra if they're ventilated. Mm -hmm. And they get paid extra if they die. Yes. So if we are paying for people to die at a hospital, what do you think we're going to get at hospitals? Right. Deaths. Yes. And Raymond's pictures, um, I went and got his hospital records. They are so abusive. If Raymond had died at home and a funeral home had picked him up from my house, I would be in prison for murder. Wow. Yeah, wow. the pictures are just, they're horrific. I mean, I couldn't even put the one on the screen, you guys. I'm so sorry. It was they are it was so bad. It was almost like as if they were trying to attack somebody that was already gone mm -hmm. with what they were doing because of the money that they were getting. I mean, it, the it torture. Was a, yeah, that's the exactly what it was torture. Get through. Yeah, it was and in these pictures that they took, you don't even have to listen to me. Listen to what their records say. They said he had a hole in his abdomen. They did not take that picture. Mm. But yet they called the organ donation people in eight minutes. Oh when my the funeral home received his body, they called me and they said, Peggy, was your husband an organ donator? No. Oh, my gosh. Did they take a pacemaker out of your husband? I said, no. Did they take something radioactive out of your husband? No. So something was taken out of him. What? Like I said, if he had died at home and his body had been received by a funeral home in that atrocious condition, 
with a hole in his stomach and something missing, I would be in prison. So how do hospitals get a get out of jail card, a get out of jail free card? Yes. How do they get away with that just because mm -hmm. it's COVID? Yes, yes. Exactly. Well, well, thank you, Peggy. Um, Alan and Taylor, again, we're sorry because we all lost loved ones here. And Cindy and I could identify with you because there's no pain worse than losing a child. Losing a child is the worst thing. And um, please tell us about Trista. Um, one quick little correction just for it um she actually had two injections uh and she died 12 days after the second one um, oh gosh i'm so sorry i was yeah. confused oh, I'm sorry. thank you no it's 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 okay. totally fine it's okay it's totally we fine. just didn't want the wrong we just didn't want that to get you know, yeah. yeah that thing to to go out but what <clears throat> what happened um was that she um she loved to hang out with her friends. She was 18. She had just graduated yeah. high school. Uh, she liked to go to concerts. Um, getting ready to start college. She, she was getting ready to start college. Uh, she had gone to a concert in Texas and we had heard the, from her, uh, I guess from her friends that because she didn't have a vaccination card that they made her wear a mask. And that's, I guess that was the policy is that if you could prove you were vaccinated, you didn't have to wear a mask in the venue, but if you didn't, if you couldn't, then you had to wear a mask. So she had to enjoy this concert wearing a mask the entire time. And I think that that played a role. I think, and I think her friends were vaccinated. So she was yeah. kind of like the oddball out, you know, so mm -hmm. yeah. felt the singled out. Pressure. Yeah, yeah. They, had, they had, they got it and they seemed fine. Um, you know, we were the only ones. Yeah. What do we know? It. Yeah. What do we know? We're the dumbest people on the planet to an 18 year old, which we weren't anti-vaxxers we just didn't know about this one because it was brand new they didn't you know there was no um long-term data or anything on it so we just said you know let's just hold off on it let's not mm -hmm. let's just wait and not get it right now maybe when it's you know more tested or whatever yeah but we thought everyone was on the same page we talked with all of our children um but i guess trista yeah she had i think that that um that concert and then thinking about college, she thought she was probably going to have to have it for it. Um, really weighed on her and changed her mind. And she told she, us she didn't. Yeah. yeah. She told us that um, she wanted to go to a new doctor, a new general uh, practitioner because she was 18. Now uh, we're actually really close friends with our uh, general practitioner, her best friend. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so, and similarly, like, I'm not going to go, you know, to go see that, see Kelly for certain things. I'll go yeah. to a different doctor, but um, so she didn't feel comfortable, you know, yeah, she sharing didn't. all of her. So she said she wanted a new things, yeah. GP and, um, mm -hmm. and we, you know, I said, okay, that's fine. Just make sure they're on the plan. And, and uh, so she did. Mm -hmm. So she told us, she told us that she was going to get a, a checkup. So we knew about that. And uh, she went. She about three days later, I guess they had called and told her that, you know, everything came back great. Um, so she got a clean bill of health. Uh, the only thing that they had found was that she had uh, low vitamin D. So they had put her on a, a prenatal vitamin. And she she made sure to tell us. Yeah. That, so uh, she says, Dad, only because of the yeah, vitamin E deficiency. I want to show you this bottle <laughs> and I want you to understand that I'm not pregnant. <laughs> you know, she, yeah, it was a big joke. And, and um, 
but that was it. That was the only thing they found. Um, and then Bill Health, otherwise. Yeah, and then um, on November eighth, um, she she worked all the time. Right. Um, she had just got a promotion at her job. Um, she had worked there for almost two years, and um, anytime they called wanting her to do a fill-in shift, you know, she would she would do it. Um, she, over the the course of the late summer, she had started complaining of um, being really tired. Uh, we noticed she was sleeping a lot or any, any opportunity she had, she would nap, uh, which was not like her at all. Um, she was complaining about dizziness when she stood up, uh, but she would laugh it off. You know, she would just be like, you know, Ooh, everything just got dizzy. <laughs> and, um, She's and I getting yeah, sick, uh, every time she ate, getting sick after she ate. And, um, and I told her, I said, well, you need to, you need to not tell them yes. Every time they call. I think mm -hmm. you're working too much and I don't think you're eating right. And I think you need to take better care of yourself. Cause we had no idea she yeah. had the shot. Nobody told it. She didn't tell us that she got the shot. And so um, on the 8th of November, she went and spent the night with her sister and a friend and they played board games and watched movies and took selfies. And, and then she woke up on the, on the night, the morning of the night. And, um, told her sister that she hurt all over and she was having problems breathing that she was going to lay back down to see if she could feel better. And so her sister went and checked on her, um, and about 10 minutes later and she wouldn't wake up. And so they, they called Taylor who was right down the street and, um, Taylor was able to get there within minutes and, uh, she wasn't breathing by the time yeah. I got there. So oh my. we had to start CPR and, call an ambulance and they got there and worked on her and worked on her and finally got her heart started again. And so we rushed to the hospital. Um, and that's when I finally got a hold of Alan. He was, you know, getting ready for work. It was just a regular work day for us. Um, and yeah, I he finally answered when he got out of the shower and I, I just said, you know, it's Trista. It's, it's, serious it's really bad and i need you to get to the hospital right now yeah so i got <clears throat> i threw on clothes got there as fast as i could and this is in tulsa which is a, it's the saint francis healthcare system in tulsa which is a large hospital complex it's not small by any means and um i was i remember being um like one of the most notable things that i remember was being surprised because they never made me sign in they didn't ask me for id they didn't ask me to who I was there to see. The lady just looked at me. She was standing at the door when I came through and she pointed at me and she said, are you dad? And I, I was kind of shocked. And I said, um, yeah, yeah, I'm dad. I, they call me that is what I said. And she said, follow me. And, um, she took me to the back through a couple of sets of double doors. And that's when I saw Trista's I, I'm, I saw Trista, Trista's body. Um, at that point, she was, I believe she was gone. I believe she died in the apartment. I don't believe that she was there at that point. Um, her eyes were partially open, but her she was gray. All the life and the light was out of her. Oh, my God. Um, she, was a, she was a beautiful girl that was full of life. Mm -hmm. And that was not there. So and I just... I think that uh, 
she and and your your husband Peggy would have really liked each other because that <laughs> was uh, Trisha's dream was she wanted to adopt the kids that nobody else adopted. She it was on her bucket list that we found. Yeah. Um, she wanted to adopt teenagers because nobody everybody passed them over, and she wanted to foster children and she wanted to be a child psychologist and a social worker. Um, she wanted to turn 18 yeah. on her bucket list. She wanted to turn 18 so that she could donate blood. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, she was, that's the type yeah. of person she was. Yeah. She, she everything, the, the vast majority of the stuff on her bucket list that we found, we found it under her bed and she'd been keeping up with it for two years. She'd made it when she was 16. And the vast majority of the stuff on her bucket list was for other people. Yeah. Um, and like what she was just saying, she she loved kids. We um, we volunteered at our church, mm -hmm. and uh, and she was Miss Trista to the toddlers. You know, they all called her Miss Trista. And the the ladies who ran the daycares, the different uh, daycares, would always fight over whose turn it was to have Trista in their <laughs> their. Yeah, their their yeah. daycare because they knew it was going to be an easy. Yeah, it was easy an easy because Trista had it. Trista got all the kids loved her, and yeah, so they just behaved and played <laughs> with like, her. You're like, no, it's my it's my week <laughs> to get Miss Trista. It's my week. Miss Trista's in my room today, yeah. and oh. uh, yeah, and so she she loved kids, and um, yeah, but yeah, we so we um, they they did get her heart started back, and, and there was a time where. <clears throat> we have we had a, a we had, hope. yeah we had a little bit of optimism a little bit of hope um and uh they said that they needed to get her on dialysis um because all of her organs were failing and her blood was toxic and mm -hmm. um her blood glucose level was 610 she wasn't yeah. diabetic yeah um all her organs were shutting down and they had no idea why and yeah. so they needed to get her more stable though because the dialysis would have just killed her faster if they did it right then. So um, they did end up getting her to where they thought she was stable enough and they moved her up to the ICU to start the dialysis. Um, and by the time she got up there, it, it was not a viable option anymore. Yeah. She, she started to go crash again after they got her upstairs. Um, it was while they were moving her upstairs that her friend told us, she says, um, she goes, I think it's, I think I need to tell you guys that Trista got the COVID shot, but she told us not to tell you. Oh my gosh. And, and yeah. Yeah. At the time. We didn't really think a lot of it. We were, yeah. She hadn't done that. We were just like everybody else. We had been living in this, this envelope of censorship and we had no idea what th this was happening. We had no idea that people were, you know, we had heard a little bit, you know, about the AstraZeneca one, you know, or the, excuse mm -hmm. me, Johnson and Johnson that was causing clots. Mm -hmm. yes. And I think we, we had heard a little bit about that. But they had, they had pulled that one. Yeah, they pulled so it. Just, and we were like, okay, so, you know, I guess the Pfizer one's pretty safe. Not to mm -hmm. the point where we thought we were going to get it. But yeah. we but really, <clears throat> when when we heard that, when her, when her friend told us that, I, for me personally, I was like, that's, I mean, that sucks. Like, that sucks that she got it, but that can't be, be what's, what's going on. That, right I, it's like that realization that reality was not wanting to set in. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way that that's what's happening. Something else is happening. And, um, but all of her toxicology came back clean. Um, 
they could find no other reason. And the doctor came in and he said, well, in situations like this, we, we, uh, we give her about a 1% chance. We just looked at him shocked and said, you know, situations like what, what is what happening is it? to our child? Yeah. Right. How could have been doing so well? And then all of a sudden this is what you see as an outcome that's possible. Yeah. You know, it's right. just devastating. Yeah. So at, um, they, they then once we were up in the ICU and and that she was going back downhill, um, that's when they they come to you uh, with just the worst thing in the world. Uh, say we're gonna have to make some decisions. Um, do you want us to just make her comfortable and let her go? Um, Very familiar. Yeah. Do you want us to continue with the, you know, medications that we're giving her and see if she improves, but if she crashes again, let her go. Because if we do CPR anymore, so her, her little body is just so broken already, it, it's going to kill her. And as a parent, how do you, how do you make that decision? You know, it is, I mean, neither one, I want neither one. I want my child to be better. Don't, I don't want either one of those things. And obviously we chose this, the second one, you know, please keep trying. Mm -hmm. and that's, um, that's about the time I think when they all started to leave yeah. and you, you, I think other people at the time, I, you know, I like, I think I'm a little slower on the, uh, the uptake um, because everybody was, was leaving and I was starting to get angry you know you go from like 50 doctors in the room to to a nurse and a, and a yeah and they've give, they gave like up two people and i'm like where where is everybody going where you know and i remember getting angry because there was there was like some black fluid in the tube going down her throat and it was moving with her breath and i was worried that it was going to clog her breathing and and, uh, and so I'm yelling at him about clearing that out. And I'm like, where, you know, so what's next? What are we doing? <clears throat> and then, you know, everybody's just like, just go be with her. Just go be with her. And, and, you. and I don't, and, I don't know what that means. Cause I'm too dumb. No, we just didn't, didn't want to face it. I mean, that's a hard, you can't make that make sense in your mind. So finally, I think it hit me. And, um, and I remember um, thinking to myself, you know, uh, I need to, I need to, I need to kiss her forehead. Mm -hmm. I need to hold her hand. Mm -hmm. I need to smell her hair. Mm -hmm. There's, I need to get a hug because these are things I'm never going to be able to do again. And I've got to get them done, you know. And they, uh, they called it at uh, 5.05 p.m. that night. And uh, I just remember being, that felt like I was over her bed, not next to her bed, but I'm just letting out this <laughs> guttural cry that I can't even imagine like came out of me. Um, and, and she was gone and we were just there and what do you do? How do you do that? How do you just leave the hospital with your child just there? How do you? Yeah, that was. It just seemed like, well, what do we do now? You know, that was we don't... that was so weird. 
because <clears throat> you know it's in the, in the in the grossest in the grossest form in the grossest terms it's no longer your daughter it's now a body and you they're looking at now the hospital was they were great. Was, they were the hospital was very nice. Yeah. Nobody was telling us that we needed to leave. Nobody was rushing us or whatever. Um, but you do get this sense of like, you know, it's okay. time for you guys yeah. to go. You know, we it was a quite a few hours after she had passed. And um, and you get that feeling like they're wanting you to get out. And it's so alien, so foreign to to walk out and just leave her body lying there because you know, you, you what you want to pick her up and say, okay, well, we're thanks for trying. We're going to take our daughter's oh. body and leave now. <laughs> but that's not what you do. Right. You just go home and stare at a wall. Which is basically what we did for the next like two or three weeks. You know, you, you have to have the people around you yeah. remind you to eat and, Get dressed and yeah, and the people. Luckily, we have a ton of wonderful, beautiful people that are we call family and friends, and um, so we were surrounded with love and and food. God, food. There was so much of it, and uh, <clears throat> it was about three weeks uh, after she passed. When your brain starts working again, you start asking questions. And so I'm looking back on thinking about everything that I heard, everything that um, that they had said, phrases like, you know, um, multiple system organ failure, myocarditis, um, her blood glucose level being, you know, 610 when she wasn't diabetic, um, all these different things that, that they had talked about. And uh, so we start kind of Googling stuff. And we, we didn't both, know this. Yeah, we both did independently. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we weren't really talking to each other about it, just kind of on our own yeah. researching and um, finally came together and I said, we had both reached yeah. the same conclusion. I, I went to, I said, I said, babe, I, I'm pretty sure that it was the shot that killed her. I said, I am too. And everything she goes, me too. Every, yeah, to everything it. keeps going back to it. I'm like, every time I, I found a, there's a study on NIH.gov that talks about uh, blood elevated blood blood glucose levels in non-diabetic patients after receiving the Pfizer specifically the, the wow. Pfizer injection, and they suggested <clears throat> yeah. that yeah to At, doctors and everyone that they closely monitor every single person that they give the shot to. Yeah, how are they doing that when you're getting the shot at CVS? Or does anybody has anybody ever mean? been closely monitored yeah. for their blood glucose? No, so they didn't even pay attention to their own study, and mm. and you know and then the we started the, the fight for medical records and mm -hmm. we've been, we still don't believe that we got all the medical records from the doctor's office that gave her the shot. Um, that they lady, were horrible. that lady is horrific and she never reported Trista's shot to her. Yeah. In Oklahoma, we have OSIIS, which is the Oklahoma's inoculation information system, something like that anyway. But anytime they give you an, a, a vaccine, they're supposed to record it there. Um, and the, the doctor that gave her the shot didn't even record the first shot that she gave her, much less the second. Wow. So it's the same um, doctor that gave her both shots. We, we do. Yeah. Yes. Um, we, and they, 
Well, first of all, we tried to get records from them and yeah, they told us our daughter wasn't even a patient there that they had no records they because had, she, they, yeah, she was never a patient there, but this was actually almost six months after we had originally after they'd been kicking us around, they just told us we're getting them ready. We're getting them ready. Um, we need you to come sign this HIPAA form. Okay. We signed the HIPAA form. They still, they're, Oh, so-and-so is doing that. And then finally they said, stop calling our office. Yeah. So we had to file a complaint. Um, we filed a complaint yeah. with the Oklahoma board of osteopathic examiners. Uh, cause the doctor was a DO that gave it to her. And so, yeah. so I talked to, I talked to this investigator guy and he says, he says, well, Mr. Martin, the reason why they're not giving you any records is because your daughter wasn't a patient there. And I said, that's ridiculous. Yes, she was. Yeah. I'm like, we have the text messages. We have insurance billing. We have the vaccine card mm -hmm. signed by the doctor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And he says, well, you're going to have to send me that because doctors don't just lie and hide records. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I said, I said, you, sir, wow. are not an investigator. You are an advocate for doctors. I'm, I'm yes. not sure that if you know that or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. like, but that's well, don't get an attitude with me, sir. I said, look, I, I said, I'll send you everything. And then you explain why they won't give us any records once I deliver it to you. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to it. So I email over everything we've got. The next day they sent us over three pages. That magically appeared. Yeah, they magically found. All and, handwritten. Yeah. Nothing was digitized. Nothing digitized. It's absolutely illegible. We have had hundreds of medical professionals trying to read this, and they all come yeah. up with different things. Other nurses and doctors. I mean, yeah. and they're like, I don't know what that says. Yeah. There's some of them that just come. There's one area of it where they just completely, for, they don't know what it says. And it's only like two words, but nobody knows what it says. It's just scratch. Mm -hmm. um, but there was nothing digitally entered anywhere. In, into any kind of database ever. So the hospital wouldn't even have known that yeah. she had had any yeah. shots. And then we got, um, cause initially we had, initially we thought that she had just received that one shot. Mm -hmm. And cause that's the only, the, the only one we've got for the Vax card. And we found that at the bottom of her purse, all crinkled up. Mm -hmm. um, but then we, we, in those records was a, um, a almost blank admission form for October 28th, which was 12 days before she died. And it shows that she went in to the doctor at around 1.13 p.m. And they asked her if she had any allergies to anything. And that's it. And that's it. The only thing that's on there. Right. So we um, we believe that at least the, the opinion from a lot of the medical professionals is that this was the allergy questionnaire before giving her the second vaccine. So and this doctor is still operating right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 She has a horrible, she has like a two-star rating on health grades but, yeah and tons of complaints and all oh, we need this, her but... and her oh. license right absolutely yeah. 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 yeah license because it's yeah. not only the doctors in the hospital is killing it's also right. the medical offices yeah. right yeah. yeah and so <clears throat> we um that was just i mean you know the hospital injury it was awful yeah we had to fight like that to get her records the hospital was like within a matter of a couple days. I, I mean, they we, overnighted the records. Yeah, they to overnighted us. two giant stacks of paper records that I've yeah. I had to I've scanned in back and front the whole thing, thousands and thousands of records. Because I think they were like, we know we didn't do this. Yeah, I think that's the way Here's they looked at it. That yeah. Happened. yeah, this was so. so what was the, mm -hmm. so? What was the cause of death on her medical records? As of right now, it's undisclosed, Und or undetermined. undetermined. Undetermined, which it, it does say at the top, though, it says, you know, um, 18 year old female 
recently vaccinated. Yeah. Recently vaccinated. Nice that they actually yeah. had the guts to do that, say that up there. But, but um, he, yeah. yeah, that's another thing. <clears throat> um, it took us over eight months to get her medical examiner's report back. Eight months. And uh, we we had to fight. We called congressmen. We, you know, what what is taking so yeah. long? Why? And in the course of doing all of this is when we discovered that um, the Oklahoma Medical Examiner's Office is... Uh, Unaccredited. Yeah, is not, they lost their accreditation. They lost their accreditation in 2009 and have not gotten it back since. So legally speaking. They, you, like they can't even go and testify yeah, in court. They're, they're yeah. not considered experts in their thing anymore. So. Yeah. They're, so they don't even, they're not even an accredited agency. And of the 50 states, medical examiner's offices, they rank the absolute last. Wow. What yeah. you guys did was, um, what everybody else needs to do, which is to get the hospital records mm -hmm. because so many people do not understand what actually happened to their loved one. I mean, mm -hmm. they're still thinking that this is a COVID related thing and it's not Absolutely. a COVID related mm -hmm. thing. This goes back and Scott has discovered this so deeply, this agenda to reduce the population and our girls and Peggy's husbands became part of this, 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 these numbers that they are are working toward re reducing um, to be here because these big wigs think that they're going to live here on earth forever. Um, God has a different plan. God is going to destroy this, this earth and create a new heaven and a new earth. But these people think they're going to live here. And so their agenda to um, clean the gene pool, um, protect the planet. I mean, that's what this is, you know, really... Um, ultimately about and to think that all of our loved ones became victims but the you know the idea that you got the records even though you were, had to fight for them that's what we need to encourage other people to still do is to get the records and finally see what's going on and I think there are a lot more people waking up now um, than before and Absolutely. the reason that to, is, yeah. right you believe that too mm -hmm. the reason is I believe is you guys are speaking out and we're speaking out and um, that's leading me into the, the next thing here. Um, Peggy, you and um, and another, uh, I think it's a couple other leaders have, have been doing some pretty important stuff at a Capitol. Yes. And yours is, yours is right there in Oklahoma. I can't remember the other um, state that there's another couple ladies who are, who are right in the face at the Capitol. And so um, we're gonna head into that um, next part of the show. So Don, will you bring up um, Peggy's photo at the Capitol? Because I, I know that what you're doing there is pretty, pretty important. And I think that you're gonna light a fire underneath some more people um, when you share what you're, you're doing here. So can you go ahead and tell us what's going on here in this picture? Um, Leslie and I have a petition that we have, she does all the, the, the mental work and I do the groundwork. She has written this up where laws were broken at the hospital. And because laws were broken and nobody's been held accountable, we've got a petition and we're getting signatures to bring to the attorney general. Now, when we bring him this, he will have to address it because we have enough people that are interested. And uh, like I said, in our husband's hospital records, 
we can prove the laws that were broken. Um, and so if there's laws and nobody is held accountable, then why have laws? So for at least six months, I have been going everywhere, getting signatures. I take it to church with me. I take it out to lunch. And when the waitress brings me the bill, I have to tell her my whole story. <laughs> uh, people that can look, I show them the records and they are horrendous. And then I ask them to sign my petition. I had plumbers come into my house. Um, they don't get to leave either until they've heard my story, <laughs> seen the records and sign my petition. And if they don't sign my petition, then I just tell them, so you're opposed to finding out the truth because this is all we're asking for, for an investigation, check our records, see what happened and tell us why hospitals are getting a get out of jail free card. Um, right. Like I said, if I had had my husband at home and he had passed in this condition and with things missing out of his body, I would be in prison. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how do hospitals get away with this? If it was a COVID death, then why does he look like this? COVID is just, in my opinion, a bad flu or a bacterial pneumonia. And they say that in my husband's records. But they also say that they would seen this, they seen this, but they didn't address anything. They did not address anything that he had wrong. All they did was give him remdesivir, ventilate him. And in my opinion, they walked away from that man. They mm -hmm. never changed him. They never did anything. In his records, it says, is he getting enough nutrition? And it says probably not. In his records, it said they started the Prepasex two mm -hmm. a day before they ventilated him, mm -hmm. the day before. So they were getting ready for ventilation before he needed ventilation. Mm -hmm. So how could they say it was a medical emergency? Um, and there's no informed consent. And the day they ventilated him, he tried calling me. Um, I had COVID too at the same time. I was very sick. And on my phone, I can hear a small voice and it just said, need help. Mm. That's oh the God. last thing I heard from my husband, was need help. That, um, that resonates a lot because on Grace's website, ouramazinggrace.net, we have had, I think, probably 150 plus stories now that are shared. And there are so many similarities where loved ones were texting and letting them know they're trying to kill us in here. Um, please help. Um, the idea of putting them on Presidex to get them ready to ventilate um, is, a, is a common story or another sedation drug. I mean, there was such a planned killing field to be be set up in these hospitals. I still can't wrap my arms around how they were able to do it. Um, but to think about how our daughter, I know something went on um, more than what we know. And we're praying that the nurses will come forward soon because our daughter, Grace, had said to our daughter, Jessica, when she got in there, because I was battling COVID at the same time she was battling mm -hmm. COVID. Um, and I feel like I was even substantially worse. But she said to our daughter who when she got in there was, these nurses are idiots. 
and Grace would never talk like that about somebody <laughs> unless something was really bad. And then we actually had another boy that had Down syndrome in our, in our um, area over here in Wisconsin. And his sisters had shared with me that, um, and he's another beautiful little boy, redhead boy, um, who was only 18 also, one of 10. Um, and his sister said how Moses, that says his name, said um, these um, doctors and nurses are, and then he used the F word. Mm -hmm. so and so that there was such evil treatment. And then when mm -hmm. we hear these stories, it just really sheds light on everything. And so, you know, we've got, you know, just so much information now that we're gathering because of the records that people are obtaining and then the stories that people are sharing. And that's why I think it is just so, so important. And, and the petition that you've got going, Peggy, I mean, the whole idea to get the attorney general to open an investigation to see what was going on. I mean, we need to do this all around the United States and, you know, in the world, because this is worldwide. This is yes, not something that just happened in our state, your state. Um, and so it's, it's just eye opening. Um, I, I do have a, um, a picture of the petition that you have. So Don, will you just bring that up? We're going to take a quick glance at that petition that you've got. And so here, this is something that, you know, our listeners, you guys can do just like Peggy and her friend, Leslie, both of them had lost their husbands, um, can get going in your state. And I'm sure that, um, you know, Peggy, you would, you would be someone who would, would be able to um, shed some light on, on this for people, how, how they could get going on it. But there is a need for us to bring um, this demonic stuff to the uh, attention of, of our, um, our people that are supposed to be in a governmental position and have them, you know, fight for, for us. I mean, we're doing what we can, but we need to have the help of, of the attorney generals and you know other people too that can help us. Um, one other thing that um, I was really impressed with is, um, Alan, you and um, Taylor were, you, you have your website for Trista and I was navigating on it the other day and um, I saw that you guys are part of another documentary and that one was exposing the vaccine injuries. I, I knew that there were some but until I saw you guys in that, I was like, oh my gosh, um, this is just eye-opening. So Don, I'm gonna ask you to play um, number eight, that documentary clip um, for us before we go on with our next question. Some of you guys get up every day and you have these injuries and you have these heart problems and you have the, the pain that you deal with every day. And I'm right. I want you to know that you're all heroes, every single one of you, everybody here right now, because you're fighting evil, well-financed evil. In addition to getting justice and spreading the, the story of what happened with our daughter, if it can stop it from happening to some other family. And now they're they're pushing this on children, six-month-old and pregnant women. You've got to be kidding me. We have to stop this, and, and there needs to be 5,000 people here right now. 
Yes. We've got to get this out. We've got to spread this word and we've got to make this stop. That is just profound to think that you guys were there amongst 5,000 people. And I, I know that you guys had the same feeling that we had when we went to a suicide awareness walk for our son. You know, you feel like you're, um, you're kind of a minority, but until you get together and you see how this has impacted so many more people. And so yeah. when, when I saw that, that document and, and people that are listening, go on to um, Trista's website, justicefortrista.com and look at that, that documentary. It is only 15 minutes long, but oh my gosh, does it, it grabs your heartstrings because you see people that were functioning totally fine until they got this poison poke. And then you realize how their life is just changed for the rest of the, the days that they're here on earth. I mean, and, and you guys have had the ultimate destruction was losing Trista and same thing with Peggy, you lost Glenn and it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, but still having to live with the cruel um, outcome of what this vaccine did to people is just, um, it's not acceptable. It really isn't acceptable and people need to be held accountable. And I think that what you guys are doing, um, like you're in those two documentaries, but I'm going to ask you in a few minutes what else you're doing. I think that we can't be silent. And you guys know that, you know, that you can't be silent. We can't be silent. And so that leads me to um, the next question um, is, is really when, when you look at um, what you've been doing so far, you know, it, it takes your time, you know, Peggy, I mean, every day you are, you've already got your own health issues, but every, every week you're getting up and you're going to that Capitol and you're, getting in the faces of those congressmen and fighting and letting them know what was going on. And yet um, nothing's stopping you. You've got, you've got this fire underneath you. And it's, that's that, that fire that we all have and the devil's not going to stifle it. Um, We know that God's behind all of us. He's, he's given us this platform. He's given us um, the fight inside of us to speak out for our loved ones. And we just have to remember that, you know, we can't let, let Satan pull at us because he tries, he clearly tries, but we need to remember who is the one who has our loved ones mm-hmm. and how, you know, he's going to take what Satan meant for evil <clears throat> and turn it into something good. Yeah. And um, even just like right now, I mean, we would have never met each other without the losses of our loved ones. And that is a good thing. Because, I mean, a good thing for us because it's you don't want to feel alone, and we know we're not alone. But yet, you know, we know that there's a reason for us to be doing what we're doing. And I just commend you all of you guys for just doing what you're doing because it's not easy. I mean, we're going on two plus years, and mm-hmm. I think you mentioned it, Alan. You know, you're just and you too, Taylor. You're, it's just such a shock when you lose that child. You know, you never expect to outlive your child, and and then you realize, okay, all right, what what do what I need to do now? And you are just in such a state of shock that first year, and then the second year you start to wake up. And now we're in the third year, and it's not that we haven't woken up, but it's just that the people that were there to help you through some of the things start 
kind of separating us, you know, separating from us a little bit more because I, I don't know if they're afraid to to keep talking about it with us or what, but it's just like you have a handful yet now that that's still checking on us. But it's some, pre, some people like you guys that are supporting us and just, you know, verbally just saying, hey, hang in there that are going to give us the, the encouragement to fight and keep going. And so, uh, Peggy, I'm going to um, ask you the, the quick question is, um, when you think about what you guys are, are doing, what would you tell somebody else that has had something so horrific, like what you have had happen to you, losing both of the two wonderful men in your life, and same thing with you, Taylor and, and Alan, how do you tell people that have experienced the greatest loss that they could have ever imagined, and yet are hesitant to speak out? I mean, what would you, what would you tell them? You know. Well, I'm going to start with my word for the year is accountability. Mm-hmm. James 4:17. If you know of something evil that's been done and you say nothing about it, then mm-hmm. you are just as guilty as the person that did it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I have to speak up because when I got my husband's records, you saw the pictures. If I had saw those pictures and just said, well, you know, he's dead. It happened. I can't do anything. Wow. That's not me. I love your little thing of David and Goliath. Because as a young child, my mother would read us Bible stories every night. There was six of us. So when it was my turn, my brothers and sisters just wanted to choke me. Because every time I would say, read David and Goliath, Mm. I loved that the little guy could win. Yeah. Yeah. And we still can. We're not the little guys. If we all gather together, you know, I I attribute it to like this. If you have one bee chasing you and you're allergic to bees, that one bee can scare you. But if you have a million bees... And if a million people have died from vaccine injured and hospital protocol, I want their families to gather up and get as angry as we are. We -hmm. don't need to sit back and keep taking this. We can't keep taking this because my sister also took the vaccine. And where she took the vaccine in her arm, she got these tumors and growths. And she went to a doctor and they lanced them and they were all nasty and stinky. Um, They kept getting worse. So she went to another doctor and he biopsied them and they were cancerous. My sister did chemotherapy for a whole year and her cancer was gone. So for three months she was cancer free and then she got the bright ideal she needed the booster. Mm -hmm. She got the booster, the cancer come back, turbo cancer and she died. And and there's so many other stories in my family that I can tell you that got the vaccine and they died. My friend at Grief Share, Bobby, got the vaccine and in the arm that she got it, now she has breast cancer there. She said, Peggy, do you think it was the vaccine? I said, Bobby, do you think it wasn't? She believes it was. I have a friend in my Grief Share, Roger, He got the vaccine and both his lungs shriveled up and died like raisins. And he asked the doctor, I've not changed my diet. I don't smoke. Why did my lungs die all of a sudden? And the doctor said, did you get the vaccine? He said, I did. 
He said, well, that's probably what happened. So Roger had to have a double lung transplant. Wow. And because I have been running my mouth for two years about hospital protocols and remdesivir, he caught COVID not too long ago. And they told him to come to the hospital. They were going to give him an infusion. So he gets there and he's thinking it's the, the, the vaccine, you know, the infusion that helps. Um, so he gets there and they take him to the basement and they say, we're going to give you two infusions today. You're going to come back tomorrow. And then the next day they hook him up to something. And he said, Peggy, I heard your voice in my head. So I asked him, what are they giving me? And they said, remdesivir. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He stood up and he said, take that out of me and I'm leaving. And he come home and he said, Peggy, they tried to kill me with remdesivir. So see our voice. Everyone says, Peggy, one person can't make a difference. Yes, you can. Keep talking. Keep standing up. Stand your ground. Don't give up. Yeah. You know, one thing, hearing all these stories and what Cindy and I experienced and Peggy and you, um, Trista too, the devil is behind us. I have never seen hate in my life like I've seen these doctors and nurses. They hate us. They and do. who else Who else hate us more than the devil? I mean, hate us. Hate our children. Hate our loved ones. To poison them. To watch them. To laugh at them. To write. To take pictures like they did a Peggy husband. Um, we 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 are fighting a very big enemy here. A very very big enemy. These are dark times, and we need to stand together as Christians. Um, and God is our only hope. God is our only hope and only way. And and Cindy and I and. And Grace and Danielle would have loved Trista to be with mm -hmm. her because oh, yeah. they, you know, I could have just seen Trista being, you know, Cindy and Grace. Oh, my goodness. Danielle would have just loved Trista, too. I mean, <laughs> she's she just full of love. So, I, I mean, I wish if they had met. I really, really wish if they had met. But well, um, they have. They've met. Yeah. Now they have. Yeah. Now they have. Yeah. They could so, have been. They they could have caused some big trouble being together here on earth, but now they're they're, uh, they're doing some awesome stuff up in up in the heaven with the Lord. I mean, they're loving on all those babies that are that are coming up on a daily basis. Oh and, my gosh. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. So Alan and Alan and Taylor, what challenges you face um in going out in the public now? Because a lot of people face a lot of denial, you know, oh, churches yeah. don't want to hear you speak. I mean, many churches we were associated with, they wouldn't let us, they wouldn't give us a platform to speak about what happened to Danielle. Let us know what challenges, yeah. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that, you know, it, it's, I don't know, like it makes sense with the media because, you know, Pfizer pays the bills. Mm -hmm. It makes, it makes sense with the doctors because, mm -hmm. you know, Pfizer pays the bills. But when you have churches and, you know, individuals that are just, you know, random people that, that are still so programmed because that's what it is. They're programmed. Yes. Uh, they've, they, Big Pharma and the evil in the, all of the three-letter agencies that, that brought this to us um, have spent billions and billions of dollars in propaganda to coerce people 
and convince people that not to believe their eyes, not to believe what they're seeing, not to believe the, the, the firsthand testimony, not to believe the witnesses who lived it or the ones who watched their children die, not, not, not to believe, to believe them, just them. Don't believe anybody else. You believe the, the CDC, you believe the, the, the brought to you by Pfizer and that's it. How dare you think critically? How dare you investigate, you know, for yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it has worked so well that we kind of to address the question that you had asked Peggy, Cindy, mm-hmm. um, we get messages from people who have lost their children, mm-hmm. um, whether they be emails or Twitter messages or whatever. And they thank us for speaking out and for fighting. They say things like, you know, oh, we lost our our son too to the same, you know, same thing, same kind of story. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And we just try to be nice at that point. We're like, okay, well, you know, okay. <laughs> what but are you my, doing? My, in, inside, I'm like, why aren't you? What what <laughs> why aren't you fighting? Mm-hmm. I appreciate you. I appreciate you messaging. I appreciate you mm-hmm. telling me that you appreciate me, but you need to get your ass out there too. I, I don't yep. understand yep. what's <laughs> yep. stopping you. Yes. Why aren't Why aren't you shouting at everybody like like Peggy? Peggy will not let a plumber leave her house. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right. I mean, and we have we printed out these little cards. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, and, little business cards. Yeah, just size. little business cards that have the website on the front, a picture of Trista, a little QR code, uh, and then on the back it has a quick synopsis of the story of what happened. And uh, we leave those every time we go somewhere. We leave them in random places. Kind of, mm-hmm. we kind of treat them like the. Um, remember the old biblical tracks that you used to find in yep. the bathroom all the time? <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. yeah, we treat them like that everywhere we go. We, when we go out to a restaurant, we'll leave them on the leave table. Leave them in the check. Yeah. Um, we, awesome. you know, set them on the ATM machine. We set them on the counter at the at the quick trip, you know, the corner store. Everywhere mm-hmm. we go, just to try to do that. We'll, and just like Peggy, we'll, we'll try to talk. Mm-hmm. And and they they the mainstream media, which actually what's um, <clears throat> just just this month, someone from the legacy media. It is Fox twenty three. Shay Rossi is the very first person from the legacy media to reach out to us in the 15 months since Trist has been gone. Wow. Even like speak yeah. to us. And yeah, yeah, they, they came over and, and filmed us here at the house. It's supposed to air uh, February this 19th. I yeah. Believe. February 19th. I think it's going to start, they're going to start doing the promos for it, but this is the first time wow. that this is going to be addressed. Yeah. This is yeah. going to be addressed by the legacy media, at least here in Tulsa. It's not yeah. nationwide. It's local. It's no. regional, but it's well, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The squeaky wheel gets the gets the oil. So Peggy, let me hear about yours. What happened to you at your church? Okay, uh, you can see my T-shirt. Probably <laughs> it says COVID hospital death. Maybe not. Get your hospital records. I have these in every color. I have seven of them. <laughs> this is my new attire. I was a greeter at my church with Glenn for many many months, and somebody. Um, was talking and said, my t-shirt offended them. And it got back to me. They didn't think I should be a greeter wearing this t-shirt. 
So I went to my pastor and I said, well, their ignorance offends me. <laughs> because there you go. they don't Amen. like my t-shirt, they should come to me. Yeah. We are adult Christians, are we not? Yes. Why are we spreading rumors behind my back that I am offending them? Mm -hmm. They are offended to the truth. All they had to do was ask me why I wear this, and I would have told them. So wow. I wear this everywhere. I am not a greeter anymore, but believe me, I still take my um, petition to church with me. I still wear my T-shirt. I sat right up front. And at Christmas, when they had said that my T-shirt offended them, I walked around the whole church right in front <laughs> of the cameras, and I waved Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope whoever I offended went home and prayed, because I also went to the state fair with my petition. And I wow. stopped everybody at the fair. I made them look at my posters. <laughs> I asked them to sign. A nurse out there told me, no, I am not going to sign it. I don't care if your husband was killed at a hospital because he wasn't vaccinated. I said, so you don't care? She said, no, I do not. I wasn't going to give anything up because me and my family did not want to be um, uncomfortable. So I said, well, I've got news for you, young lady. You're going to be mighty uncomfortable when you go to hell. Have a blessing. Oh, yes, ma'am. Amen. Wow. Amen. Well, I am the mafia. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's awesome. I mean, I love the fact that you're putting the cards out. You know, you know, Alan and Taylor, that is just awesome. We have business cards for Grace, too. But I, I haven't been as bold as you. I mean, we do pass them out. But I'm going to take your idea of, of leaving them behind, like how the tracks are. Because that yeah. is it is well, another way that we can reach people. And that is what's important. We need to reach people to save lives. Now, mm -hmm. you, um, Peggy and Alan and Taylor, you guys have a, an event coming up next Saturday um, yes. in Oklahoma. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to have uh, Don bring up our poster that uh, is it, telling a little bit about this. So on Saturday the 17th, you guys have a um, rally going on. And my, my husband's going to be there. He's, he's going to take a... Uh, a moment and fly out to Oklahoma. He's never been there before and be there with you um, and share our story and encourage people to, to keep fighting because of this whole medical tyranny that we've been facing. And so when I look at this, um, our title for today's show was Oklahoma Making Strides for Justice. I've, I, this just fits perfectly because again, you guys are speaking out. You're willing to you know get to this event, um, share your stories and open the eyes of people that are, are not awake. I mean, and, and as I said earlier, I was guilty. I didn't realize how many people were affected by the vaccine injuries or by the poison folks. I mean, I didn't realize how many injuries there were until you said there's 5,000 people here. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I had heard stories. I knew there were some out there, but I did not grasp the number. And so thank you for sure. Even just having, having that be something that woke me up with that because now we are, um, in the lane of fighting for the hospital protocol deaths, but you guys are in a totally different lane exposing the deaths because of these, these poison pokes. 
And what we've actually learned about these um, so-called vaccines that we've had for years, there hasn't been any testing on any of the vaccines, mm -hmm. even from when we were kids. And I only got like three or four vaccinations. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the ones that they're putting on a, a list for children now, I mean, the number that they're expecting these children to get, and none of them been, have been tested. I mean, it, it is just beyond uh, my comprehension that we have been duped. We've been programmed. We've been programmed to think, mm -hmm. you know, that vaccines are good. And that's why, you know, so many people were willing to take this one. And so now we need to educate them. As any vaccine that comes comes forward, if there's a cancer vaccine, it is not going to be good. It is, it is right. definitely yeah. not something that we can trust and believe in um, because that's their narrative. You mm -hmm. know, they're causing the cancer. <laughs> These vaccines have caused cancer. Um, mm -hmm. The show we had just done last week with, um, with Megan, um, what she had exposed to is the number of cancer um, diagnoses that are, have skyrocketed from you know getting the vaccine. It just is, it's mind boggling. And so when I look at this, I, I, I'm just so elated that you guys are gonna be there um, to share your story. Is there anything that you wanna say about that rally that's, that's coming up next week? Um, so next Saturday. I mean, if people are locally in, in the area, you know, yes, please, you know, you know, come. But, um, you know, what what do, would you guys, you know, say to people that maybe are are not really knowing of, about what has all been going on, you know, to get them there? What, what would you say? Well, I say come and hear the truth. Yeah. We have hospital protocol. We have vaccine injured. This COVID thing was all a big fraud. Our government yeah. sent it out on us. Um, mm -hmm. And in my opinion, they had to have these COVID deaths to get people to run out like sheep and get the vaccine because half of my family kept saying, Peggy, you're going to make me sick because you're not vaccinated. Well, right. they're all dead. <laughs> I'm, I'm still sorry here. to laugh. I'm sorry to well, laugh. It's just, well, it's, 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 you know, it, it just, it amazes me. The and then my sister, just, right? my sister's yeah. husband had cancer and he was in a hospital and they kept saying he had COVID. They was not going to let the man go home. She called me crying. She said, Peggy, he has cancer. He just wants to go home and die with hospice. But they were going to send him to a nursing home and ventilate him the next day. They wouldn't let him go. Now, I'm not langsford's biggest fan but i did call him and i said this man is military he fought for everybody's rights and freedoms and they won't let him go home with hospice and he had to negotiate him out of the hospital to go home with hospice why it's 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 so we were so brainwashed that you couldn't have dinner but Thanksgiving, I mean, I, I'm from New York, so I left New York and I'm in Florida now. And it would have Cuomo picture hanging out on the window. It, You're going to get grandma sick. You're going to get this one. You're going to get that one yeah. sick. People were wearing bags over their head. They were, they, we were like stupid. People were just stupid. It was just crazy. We were walking the street without, without a mask and people would cross the street. They don't want to walk next to us. I mean, I have to laugh at it because they made people stupid what is the purpose of a vaccine if you're going to get sick if someone else didn't get the vaccine right and, and that's the thing is they get, that's not they how it works them, they give them so many so many you know free passes 
I don't, we now know, we now know that the vaccine did not stop you from getting COVID. They lied and they said that it did. Yes, yes. Okay, but now we know that it doesn't. Everybody gives them a free pass. They said that it prevents transmission. We now know that it did not prevent transmission. Everybody gives them a free pass. Now they say that, you know, it's going to keep you from going into the hospital. Well, it won't. You still go into the hospital anyway. Oh, oh, free pass. Well, now you, you know, you're more likely that you, you're not going to die. Well, now everybody that's in the hospital that's dying is vaccinated. Mm -hmm. They have this poison mm -hmm. shot. And mm -hmm. so, and every, and these zombies, I call them zombies because that's, zombie. yeah, that's, that's the only description that makes sense. They just walk yeah. around brainlessly doing whatever mm -hmm. they're told. And, and, you know, if the media says, well, you know, it's for the, it's for the greater good. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Let's all go all be <laughs> stupid. Let's go all mm -hmm. be stupid for the greater good. And mm -hmm. it, it's just, it's, it's absolutely infuriating. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's, it's, boy, we, a generation will look back at all of this and say, oh my goodness, what really happened? Well, yeah. Cindy, you're going to close, but before Cindy does the closing, I just want to say one thing. We cannot trust the medical doctors. They yeah. have to come down off that pillar. We, they lost all respect in my, in my eyes. I have no respect mm -hmm. for them. There are few of them that I do, but we have to take them down. And the only way we could take them down is exposing every one of them that are killing their patients. You cannot be a medical doctor if you are killing patients. You need to be exposed. And that, that's my goal. And thank you so much. And Cindy, you could do the closing. Yeah. So I just want to encourage people that are listening um, to speak out. Do like Peggy and Alan and um, Taylor and Rebecca and myself are doing. Um, you know, make those calls to your congressmen, um, attend rallies like they're they're hosting, um, they're having this weekend. Peggy, I think you actually are hosting this this rally, yes. which is wonderful. Um, you know, so if you're not brave enough to host one like Peggy, you know, be one that is willing to speak at one, you know, or just even be there in prayer. I mean, these rallies need prayer. The devil's going to be right there trying to stop the mm -hmm. message from getting out because he doesn't want people to be awake. He's He's after souls. And he's gotten so many people to jump on, like you guys were talking about this, this these lies and stuff. People are not using their brains anymore. It's mm -hmm. like they, and I, I believe God is the God is really opening the eyes of His people, um, but He's trying to trying to use us to open more eyes. And so mm -hmm. even just little things where you know, if you, I know we get we get little cards in the mail at times, and it's it's just an encouragement to let us know that we're not alone and people are listening to our story. They're grateful that we're out there talking. And I'm sure you guys have had some of that happen to you too. And so little things like that, that you can do to people that you know are, are out there speaking the truth, whether it be a card or a text or an email um, or, or, you know, post on, on a site, um, you know, do that. I mean, because you don't understand how, how hard it gets sometimes to keep fighting because you just feel like, gosh, is our message getting out? Mm -hmm. And, it is bit of you know bit by bit, but if the if the real if the real news was willing to share our story, you mm -hmm. know, I mean the real news, the one that's not, not really real. If they would, our stories would have been on, and a lot of lives would have been saved. Yeah, absolutely. Been told, we would have known, you know, not to get this poison poke. We would have known not to take our child to the hospital, you know, mm -hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't um, allowed to be out. I mean, that's how, how deep this satanic agenda goes. And so just being there for each other, 
I mean, and so I'm so grateful that you guys are willing to be on today's show because it's moments like these that we come together and people hear more than one person talking about what had happened. Because for a while we had our own family and, and friends that said, no, it was just, it just happened to Grace. It was an accident. No, mm -hmm. it was no accident. When you look at the numbers now of how many people lost their lives from the hospital protocols and how many people lost their lives from this, this poison poke that was just such a huge lie and such a bioweapon. I mean, it's, 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 it's just unfathomable to think that we haven't been able to wake people up faster. But it is because the media is on the side of the devil. And I even, I was one night I was watching the news with a neighbor. We don't really turn on the regular news anymore. We, we listen to the real stuff. But um, she had the regular news on it. And I couldn't believe my eyes. I saw one of these doctors. She's a, a lady doctor. And she is using her platform to promote the vaccine. And I'm like, how can you stand there? You know people are dying. And yet she's on the, on the air. I'm sure she's getting paid. Because, you know, the higher ups are paying these people, they're paying these news stations to continue the narrative and people are not thinking for themselves. And so I just I want to thank you guys again for for being on the show with us and just being willing to do what you're doing. And this we're going to be praying for you guys on, yes. on Saturday, not the Saturday, next Saturday, the 17th, that, um, you know, God gives you the, the words and the, the um, encouragement and the strength you know, because I'm sure you're going to have some people there that that are going to be um, willing to try and, and tear you guys down. But you guys are fighters. And I yeah. I just commend you all for that. It, it just is. It's just awesome. Um, so before um, I'm going to let you guys have the last word, but I just want to close in, Hose, in Hosea chapter four, verse six. It says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Amen. And as I said, all, all four of us are getting out the news of what happened and we have to remember that God is with us. He's not going to let um, our girls and our husbands um, die without having a mission. And he's given us a mission and trust. we have to trust him. We really do. The doors he's opened for us, and I know he's probably opened up doors for, for all of you guys too. Yes. We have to remember that, okay, God is bigger than Satan and God is the victor and mm -hmm. he's got this even though there's times when we feel like we've been defeated. And so I want us all just to remember, we've got the hospital protocol deaths we're exposing with, with um, Rebecca and I and you, Peggy, but then Peggy, you're involved with Alan and, and Taylor here with exposing these vaccine injuries and deaths. Yeah. And it is just so very, very important that we keep speaking out. So Peggy and Alan and uh, Taylor, if there's anything else you'd like to add before we, we sign off. I'd, I'd love to give you the last word. I would like to give a shout out to a new senator here in Oklahoma, Dusty Devers. He's pro-life. He's very big. I spoke to the man for about five minutes. He looked at my petition and he signed it right away. He was the only senator that would sign it because he did it for the right thing. He did not do it for the show or the, hey, look at me. He did it because he's a godly man and he did it for the right reason. Thank you, Dusty Devers. Thank you. Yes, that's that's a big thing. You wow. better have Peggy on your side. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, Alan and we Taylor. Just, we just want to thank um, you guys and, uh, yes, thank and, you. and thank Peggy um, for everything she's doing. Um, and this is 
you know, it's all part of the same evil. It's different. The yes. tentacles go different so deep into so many areas. <laughs> so it, it's just natural, I think, that the the vaccine victims and the the protocol victims, you know, fight together because there's mm -hmm. there's more strength in numbers, and it's yeah, the yeah. same demon we're fighting. It's yeah. the same mm -hmm. one. Yes. yes. So thank you guys again for 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 giving us your platform You're and allowing us to, to talk. Yes, you're very welcome. And Peggy, I loved your analogy um, with the bees. The idea that, you know, we come back, you know, as a group, you know, fighting the, that bee and that beehive. A million of us, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. one little bee, you can swat it. And I've been told right. that. Peggy, you're like a little gnat. We keep slapping <laughs> at you, but you don't go away. I'm not going away. And when I go to the Capitol, I bring your flyers. I bring yours, Cindy. I bring yours, Rebecca's. And I put oh, in you. red ink. Peggy was here again. <laughs> when are you going to do the right thing? I love that. Yeah. Uh, we, that. We need a Peggy in every state, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I, I'm just encouraged by all of you guys. So thank you. Thank you, thank you God. You know, thank, thank you all. God sent yeah. angels God again today you. for us. Yeah. So thank you. God bless you. Well, you guys have a blessed day. And I'm heading to the Capitol. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in our I'll prayers. I'll see you later. Bye. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Please stand by for further details. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program.